0: Tonight at Ground Zero Meetings, we're going to continue in our ABC uh, sermon series. And tonight our letter is L, and it stands for Lies. Um, This is something that that God had revealed to me a number of years ago now, as I've been helping people with step work, as I've done my own step work. And you keep tripping over these things and you don't even realize how powerful they are and how subtle it is because there's these ingrained thinking patterns that stem back into our childhood you know and every little life experience that we've been through good and bad that these things get reinforced you know and the bible tells us that the bible is the truth jesus tells us that he is the truth the way and the life The Bible also goes on to tell us that the enemy, the devil, Satan, Lucifer, whatever you want to call him, that he is the father of lies. That this is one of his main tactics. That if Jesus is the truth, the enemy is deception. You know, and the problem with some deception, the problem with some lies, is they look a lot like truth. You know, one of the main things these days that, you know, the. The education is propagating is you know evolution, you know, and it's a theory, but we're taking it as truth, you know, and then we take something that archeologically and, and historically continues to be accredited and, and never found faulty, and that's the life of Jesus Christ, you know, and and yet we we take that as myth, you know, and. The world always wants to tell us that the bad things are good and the good things are bad. You know, so it's important for us to begin to to focus on the truth so that we understand what lies are. Something that I learned many years ago is that, you know, the government has a, a number of people that try to figure out counterfeit money. And how they figure out counterfeit money is they spend a lot of time with real money. you know they don't try to figure out all the, the the ways that people could counterfeit things they look at what is true and they concentrate on what is true. so the second they see something that's not true they instantly recognize it and Jesus says that you will recognize the truth when you hear it but we're so used to hearing these lies. That when we hear truth, the lie comes in and steps in there and tells us that that's not true. You know, one of the things that I've recognized through the years is that people that are walking with the Lord don't know if Jesus really loves them. You know, but yet they hear it, they read it, they sing it, but yet they can't experience it. Because there's this lie that continues to to bombard their mind that they're not worthy, they're not lovable, that God could not possibly love them for all the things that they've done. You know, and you can go through scripture after scripture after scripture, but until this, the person recognizes that this is a lie, it can't be uprooted because they take the lie over the truth. You know. So it's so important that we begin to recognize that the Bible is the truth, and in 2 Corinthians 10.5 it says that we have to bring all thoughts back to obedience to Christ, that we arrest thoughts. Many of us in here have been arrested, at least I have, once or twice. (laughs) You know, and this principle of being arrested is that I'm doing something wrong, and then this fine police officer, who thinks that I shouldn't be having as much fun as I think I should be having, wants to put these beautiful little bracelets on me and stick me in the back of this tight little car. And in that moment, I've been arrested and I can't move. Now, I may say a lot of things. I may try to do a lot of things, but in the confines of the back seat with these beautiful little bracelets on, I can't really get too far. You know, and then on top of that. That's not enough. They take me down to this place called jail. And they stick me in this jail and they say, you can't move. Now, I might yell and scream and holler and and tell them that I don't deserve to be there. But the truth of the matter is, is most likely at that point, I most definitely belong there. You know, and the principle of arresting something is that it's a criminal. It's it's causing harm. It's causing damage. It's trying to steal, rob and destroy. And there's many times in my life that I was a criminal. And, and, and I deserved to be arrested. You know, and we have to begin to recognize these thoughts and these feelings that contradict God's word, what God has spoken to us, what we know to be true about Jesus. Because they're really a criminal that is trying to come to kill, rob, and destroy you know, many of us, you know, love Jesus. But yet, when we sin, then we don't even know if we're saved. How come all of a sudden there's this bombardment that the enemy's trying to steal our salvation? You know, and then there's times that we, you know, we're doing okay and then we fall back into something and, and maybe it's minimal compared to the, some of the things that we used to do. But then, oh, God doesn't love me anymore. You know, I'm going to receive judgment now you know and it's recognizing these lies that you know contradict truth now sometimes there's there's truth in some of these things you know that when i sin god you know can and, and will sometimes you know spank us because we've been bad but the truth of the matter is is that god's grace covers a multitude of sin you know and we have to begin to recognize you know when the voice of the enemy is becoming more prominent than the voice of the Lord, you know. And there's a lot of times that, you know, we're not quite sure that we're being lied to, and that's deception. You know, if I was to come up here and tell you that my my shirt was blue, you know, and you're like, no, your shirt's black. You're like, no, it's blue. You know, No, it's black. No, it's blue. You know, and we could go back and forth, you know, and eventually, you know, one of us has to accept the truth, you know. And so often the enemy tries to come in and say, you're not worthy, you're not worthy, you're not worthy, you're not worthy. And you're like, yep, I'm not worthy. You know, I'm believing the lie over what Jesus says is that before you were even aware of it, I laid my life down for you. You know, I think that you're worthy. You know, that I shed my blood to, to set you free. You know, and so as we focus on the truth, the lies become more prominent. You know <clears throat> you know and, and something that that God showed me you know as a as an early believer as I felt like I was going crazy in this new life of walking with Jesus and coming out of you know drugs and alcohol and, and partying and, and living a life that had nothing to do with God you know and, and then stepping into this religion and like what am I doing? Am I going to be one of these Jesus freaks you know and not not wanting anything to do with it? You know, because it it freaked me out because I don't really like religious people all that much because they're they're crazy and they do weird stuff and they say stuff I don't understand. You know, but then the truth of the matter is, is that the way I've been living isn't working. So that truth I know, but yet every once in a while I want to believe that the lie that I can go back and dabble with something. You know, many of us in here have tried to get sober and we relapse into something. You know what's the big deal if I drink just one? We have to recognize that that's a lot because I've never stopped at one in the history of ever. You know, you know, and then other things. You know, I'm I'm only going to eat a little bit of this. You know, okay. You know, and I end up eating the whole thing. You know, one of the things that my mom taught me as a little kid is if you cut pie into smaller pieces, it's diet pie. <laughs> you know. <clears throat> And it wasn't until I was an adult that I realized that that wasn't true. (laughs) You know, we have to begin to recognize truth in our lives. And we have to begin to stand on these truths whether we feel like it or not. Because what AA has taught me through the years is that feelings aren't facts. Emotions lie. So if I let my emotions guide me i'm letting lies guide me you know watchman knee wrote a book called the spirit man and he tells us that our soulish man is separate from our spirit man and that our flesh and our soul you know our soul needs to get saved because it's a sinner you know so our flesh is where our emotions are so when we act out in this way that we're letting our flesh guide us through our emotions, which always leads back to sin. So I might feel something very strongly, you know, and there's times, you know, we can be in love and it's not sin, you know what I'm saying? You know, but a lot of times when we get these highly emotional moments, you know, it's it's guiding us back to a coping mechanism that's not Jesus. You know, and we have to begin to recognize that in my emotional state, I tend to do things that aren't correct. You know, and what AA has taught me through the years is don't trust my emotion. You know, and I've had to say feelings aren't facts thousands of times because in the moment, it feels real. You know, I used to be a very, very angry person, and in that moment, All this anger floods, and I just can't think. I am just enraged, and I am ready to explode. You know, I used to say that I didn't have a fuse. I had a detonation button. It did not take much, and all one little push of my button, and boom. And I could not turn that thing off for weeks at a time. You know, it literally, you know, I could be okay and something would happen and I could be angry for days over an event. And by the time I get done being angry, I don't even remember what started it. Because, you know, I had no control over my emotions. You know, and learning how to practice these principles in all of our affairs, I began to recognize that I have to bring these things to God. You know, and I started to pray. God, I don't want to be an angry person. You know, and doing my step work, He showed me that a lot of my anger, most of my anger, was fear based, which I thought was a lie. You know, because I don't want to be this tough and angry man, and really be this scary cat on the inside. You know, but as I began to really process things, I started to recognize that a lot of the things I do and how I react are fear based. So once I begin to recognize truth. Then I can come against the lie of the enemy pushing my buttons all the time. You know, and it doesn't mean my button still doesn't get pushed. It means that I can turn it off a little bit quicker this time. And a little bit quicker next time. And a little bit quicker next time. And a little bit quicker next time. To the point where I recognize the button and I'm like, nope, I'm moving the button. You know, aha, Okie doke Jesus, you know, and here you go, Jesus, take this, because I'm tired of feeling this way. You know, how many of us are tired of letting our emotions run the show? I am. You know, And it's like, okay, it's not that I can't have emotion. It's not allowing my emotions to overcome my somewhat of a brain that I think I have. You know, and bringing these things to Jesus and saying, you know what, Jesus, I don't like the way I feel. Actually, I hate the way I feel. Actually, you know what, I hate everything right now, just so you know. <laughs> just, just so you're clear, I'm absolutely not in agreement with what you're doing in my life. Oh, wait, let me take control again. Oh, that didn't work out. Here I am, back again with you, Jesus, disagreeing with your will for my life. But yet I'm doing everything in disobedience or contrary to contradict what God's trying to do in my life. Because why? I'm believing my emotions over you know things that He's telling me. You know, one of the greatest things that you know He's done with my life, and I, I pass this wonderful gift on to so many of you is to sit still. And you love it so much when you get to sit still and everything inside of you is like, go, 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 race, 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 run, 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 run. And I'm like, just be still, trust Jesus. You know, and it's it's like I, I've literally, you know, driven you nuts. But the problem is, is you were nuts before you got here. You know, and it's it's allowing ourselves, you know, to learn that... I can be absolutely insane, crazy, angry, emotional, in the midst of sin, and Jesus still loves me. And you know what? I can fall tomorrow and Jesus doesn't love me anymore or any less. Because He loves me absolutely, 100% all the time. And I have to believe this. I have to absolutely believe that He loves me. You know, otherwise, what we say is true in the sense that He lived this sinless life. And he went to the cross for my sin and your sin. That he, he, he bore the ridicule and, and the, he bore the, the, the beatings and the lashings and, and the crown of thorns. And he got nailed to a cross for nothing. And that's a lie. Is that what he did isn't enough for what I'm going through. But I feel, well... Okay. And, it, and I'm not trying to disregard feelings because we all got them. But, you know, I had to come to the conclusion and you have to come to your conclusion is when is enough enough. You know, doing it my way doesn't work. You know, I, I came to the, the conclusion after I've had some sobriety and I did everything that I was supposed to do and I did some steps and I was working with other alcoholics and I was doing, you know, the program... But it was still just about me getting sober, and I relapsed again and broken and desperate and I'm crawling myself back into the rooms, and I'm, I had to come to the conclusion that I have no idea how to live. I can't even fathom how to live. I don't know what to do. I know a lot of answers, but I don't know how to apply them when, when the rubber meets the road per se. When trial happens, when emotion's overwhelming, when something bad happens, you know, I don't know how to turn it off. I don't know how to say no to myself, you know, and I had to learn to take suggestions, you know, <clears throat> you know and I had to be humble. I had to be willing, you know, and people say, hey, you should do this. I'm like, okay, because I had this lie in my head that I can't trust anybody. You know, and it's reinforced by years of pain, and years of abuse, and years of rejection, and years of abandonment issues. So you know what? Anytime that you don't do something up to my expectation, that gives me justification to run away from you. There's lies all through that statement. But you know what? It's my truth. And I've been using it for years, and it's kept me safe. Has it really? Well, no. But... You know, And then all of a sudden we have this this message that we've preached through the years of why I can continue to do what I do. Because I have my excuses, and I have my reasons, and I have my justifications. Lie, 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 lie. And it keeps me bound in this very broken place where a lot of times I can't get sober, I can't even really get Jesus. And I may know a lot about both of those things. But I have this cage that I've put myself in that I don't let anybody in, including God. Because it's not safe to be vulnerable. Why? If I can't be vulnerable with Jesus, then you know, that's where I need to start. You know, There's not anything that I've been through in my life that Jesus isn't aware of. And I have to begin the process of realizing that He's safe. That it's not religion. He's not hanging on the wall. He's here. He's with us. You know, and that I have to realize that he's not off somewhere in outer space, you know, doing something heavenly. You know, he's not taking care of North Korea or China. You know, he's here and with us right here. And then he's sitting in one of these seats saying, good job, Tom. No, you probably shouldn't have said that, Tom. You know, he's, he's here. He's with us. He's in us. You know, the, The Bible tells us that the same power that raised Christ from the grave dwells within us. So that means wherever I go, guess who's with me? Oh, greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. But every time that something happens in the world, I'm scared and I run away and all this. Why? Because I don't know enough of the truth that when my emotions flood, that when the lie comes in, I don't know how to have enough defense. You know, and we all struggle with this, including myself. You know, and it's learning how to process. All right, you know, the last time I was in this situation, this happened and that didn't turn out so hot. So now I'm recognizing the storm as it comes. Just as when we're driving, we know how to get here. You know, you don't come into the parking lot and turn down the wrong street and like, oh, where'd the church go? Why? Because the last time you were here and you didn't know where you were going, you figured out, oh, this is the church, and you didn't drive by it this time like you did last time. Who knows what I'm talking about? Anyway. You know, that, you know, we begin to recognize the signs. We begin to recognize the directions that God is setting before us. That when I handled the situation this way last time, it didn't end up so hot. So now when I get into similar situations, I don't go down that road. Why? Because the enemy's like, No, come over here and we have to recognize the trap, the lie that's set there, and say, you know, I did that last time, it didn't work out the way I thought it was gonna. You know, and the more we begin to see how the enemy ensnares us, traps us, you know, sets bait before us, you know, deceives us. No, I'm not taking that. No, I'm gonna not do that. You know, I'm gonna trust Jesus this time. You know, through the years, you know, you know, God has had to deal and process my emotional being because it's been out of control, you know, and I used to want to run away all the time, you know, and I would literally say, I trust you, Jesus, I trust you, Jesus, I trust you, Jesus, because everything inside of me is freaking out and I'm walking by sight and not by faith. But I don't know how to have faith in God if he's not going to do what I want him to. There again, a lie. God's not going to do necessarily what we want him to. God's going to do what he wants to do. You know. And when we surrender to his will, we position ourselves under his covering and in his direction. And by then, we're blessed. But if I say, yes, I believe in you, but I'm going this direction, the opposite of him. He's in no obligation to come running after us and say, I got you, I promise, I'll take care of you. But so often we run from God and then like it's your fault that this happened. Because we're believing a lie. You know, and he, you know we we allow the lure of the enemy to ensnare us once again, and then we like, Oh God, where did you go? I thought you loved me. And then you know the enemy starts to whisper in our ears. You know, that we're not lovable and God doesn't really love us and that we're never going to get free. and You're never going to get sober and it's always going to be like this. And there's a million things. You're not going to get out of this financial bind that you're in. You're never going to make money. You're never going to have a, a relationship. You're never going to get married. You're never going to have kids. You're never this. You're never that. You're always going to be this. You're always going to be that. If you hear the nevers and the alwayss normally the enemy is lying to us. Unless it's God never fails and He's always there. You know, that, you know, we have to begin to recognize truth and lies. Truth and lies. You know, it's a principle that I've been taught and I, I teach it. You know, it's thought for thought. Thought for thought. You know, if I'm to arrest every thought, every thought, it says every thought, bring back to the obedience of Christ. Doesn't every once in a while a thought? It's like once a, every day, bring one of your thoughts to Jesus. You know, every thought. You know, and it. And in the in the beginning, it's like crazy mess in my head. There's a million thoughts. My thoughts are racing. I can't turn it off. I'm thinking, thinking, thinking. Oh wait, look at that. Thinking, thinking. Oh look at that. See anything, thinking. Think, squirrel. Thinking, thinking. You know, and you know, and it's something that we learn to begin to arrest thoughts you know something that AA taught me is quit creating a past that you're paying for what does that mean? it means take a break from the chaos for just a second sit still for half a second and distance yourself from your normal behaviors that cause a lot of problems and then all of a sudden you get a little bit of distance between you and your last little moment that you hated And love so much at the same time. You know, chaos broke out in your life. You know, there's a trial, a circumstance, something crazy is happening. You know, and all of a sudden you can begin to look at it more clearly because you're not in the emotional state that you were in when the chaos was swirling around you. You know, and all of a sudden you get a couple of days, you know, and sometimes it's just getting sober. You know, I got a couple of days sober and it's already I'm feeling better than I did feel because. You know, I'm not as crazy as if I don't want to drink, I'm drinking. You know, it's like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, I'm not drinking today, I'm drinking already by noon. You know, like, how come this is happening to me? Because I have no defense against my emotion, my sin. You know, and I have to begin to recognize that if I don't get a little bit of distance between me and my last little moment, I'm never ever to be able to sort through the mountain of the stuff that I'm dragging behind me, because I'm always dealing with a new molehill that keeps popping up in my life. You know, so as I begin to let Jesus into each and every thought and I begin to let him dictate my steps the best of my ability and I'm going to fail that, you know, every day, you know, I'm going to do things. I'm going to say things, you know, I'm going to feel things that aren't, you know, going in the right direction. But, you know, today I have far less of them than I did a decade ago. You know, and every one of us should be doing a little bit better than we were doing last month, and we should be doing better than we were doing six months ago, and we should be doing better than a year ago, and so on and so forth. You know that we should be growing with Christ. You know, and if we're in as just much chaos as we were a year ago, then we need to say, "Wait a minute, me and this Jesus fellow need to have a chat because something's out of alignment." You know, and it's not Jesus. You know, and I have to come before Him and say, you know what, I'm ready to change. Well, I can't change. I'm never going to change. Maybe I'm one of the ones that will never get it. You know, I have to believe that that's a lie. You know, if I get honest with myself and say, God, you know, forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of what I'm struggling with. Forgive me for how I continue to respond this way. I'm going to turn my life over to Jesus and I'm going to ask people into my life to help me to, To live this new life, and I'm going to start to read the Bible even though it doesn't make any sense to me. You know, I'm going to start focusing on the truth. And a little by little, your life begins to change. You know, so often we want, you know, instant change. I want to be 10 years down the road and everything's perfect, exactly how I think it should be. Well, last time I knew that I had a 100% track record of destroying everything I touched. So my idea of where I should be in 10 years is probably nowhere near God. Right? I mean, if God could show you where you were going to be now, today, a year ago, would you have agreed with that? You wouldn't know. You wouldn't have. You wouldn't have. You wouldn't have. You wouldn't know. You wouldn't know, would know, would know, would know, would know. I mean, I can go around the room and say, none of you that I know personally would have agreed that this is exactly where you'd be in your life a year ago. And yet God says, this is a good idea. You know God has brought you here to this place. Why? Cuz he has a better plan for us than we have for ourselves because last year our plan was wasn't doing so hot. I don't know the last time you checked. You know, and we're learning how to live this new life and we have no idea how to do it. So if I continue to let my emotions direct me, I continue to believe in the lie, I continue to let my, my flesh guide me, Most likely, I'm going to continue to do the same things and end up in the same spots as I've always been. You know, that's the message of insanity, right? I keep doing the same thing expecting a different result. That's a lie. So the truth is, if I do something different, very uncomfortable, and I don't think it's going to work. Oh, wait, something new happened. How about that? You know, and we're learning that when I step out into this crazy Jesus place, that all of a sudden things begin to shift and to change, and most likely I will disagree with it. Why? Because I know what's best for me. Lie. You know, and we start to recognize that if I turn my will over to God and I submit to God, He begins to do a lot of stuff that we don't agree with. You know, oh wait, things are changing. Oh wait, I'm heading in this new direction. Oh wait, I don't agree with that. All of those statements are great. Why? Because if you could have gotten to God on your own, you wouldn't be needing all these new things to be happening in your life. And if I can get to God on my own, it's not really God that I'm really seeking. It's my perfect will for my life, according to me. Why? You know, so often we we try to build up, you know, what we think is best. And then, you know, we do so well for a little while and then all of a sudden it comes crashing down and we get mad. But we weren't supposed to be there in the begin with because I guarantee at some point, somewhere down the road, the Holy Spirit said, not a good idea. And we're like, shh, 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 shh. I don't hear you. I'm following my will for my, I mean Jesus' will for my life. Right? We do it. And then we pray really hard. Come on, Jesus, you're going to do this. Come on, Jesus. And he's like, I'm pretty sure I told you no. Right over there. So I'm going to wait right here for you. And when you're done believing the lie of religion and super spirituality and bumper sticker Christianity, I'm going to be right here where I told you not to leave the path. And then all of a sudden we end up back here and we're like, why am I back here again? he's like, I've been waiting for you the whole time. Oh, let's start to walk again. Oh, this is fun. No, I don't like this. I know, it's great. You know, God's will for our lives should oppose our flesh and what we want. Because until our desires of our heart are completely aligned with Christ, the desires of our heart lead us astray from Christ. So if we believe our emotions and we believe what we want, and sometimes there's really good things interwoven in the desires of my heart. You know, I want a wife. I want kids. Now, I could have chased relationships, you know, a long time ago. But I chose to trust the Lord. And when I pray and I hear God say no, and I'm like, but, 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 oh wait, this hurts me. You know, I'm wondering why I'm getting hurt. Well, God, why didn't you want me to be happy? No, I want you to to submit you know, and we have to, to, to realize that He disciplines us at times. You know, and we have to stop believing the lie that everything is going to be all you know, pink cloudy when we come to Jesus. Because you know, there can be some really difficult times. You know, if we're dying to our flesh, if we're you know, laying our will down, if we're doing things that He wants us to do and not what we want to do, there's this war going on inside of us. And we have to recognize that if I believe the lie, if I believe my emotions, if I believe that sin is going to somehow make me feel satisfied and not Jesus, that I'm going to end up back into some stuff that I said I didn't want to be doing anymore. You know, and we go around and around learning how to find freedom, recognizing that, you know what, if I do this, it's going to be painful. You know, why? Because the last hundred times I did that, it was painful. You know, so believing that the next time I do it, it's going to be a good time, I have to recognize that there's a lie in that. You know, so, you know, there's the principle is that we get sick and tired of being sick and tired. You know, and sometimes we're not quite sick and tired yet. You know, we like it. We hate it. We like it. We love it. We hate it. You know, we still go around and around and around and around. You know, and, and, you know, There's a principle that God taught me, you know, many years ago, is that you see that God gives us the desires of our heart even when they're not Him. And in the Old Testament, you know, the the Israelites are like, "We want a king." You're like, "That's a bad idea. We want a king. That's a bad idea. We want a king. All right, have a king. You're going to regret it. We got a king. Oh wait, we don't like this. God, why did you do this? I told you um, that was not a good idea, and you shouldn't have done it. You know, and sometimes he allows us to go grab a hold of something that he has told us that we shouldn't have grabbed a hold of, because until we got it out of our heart, we would have kept pursuing it. So we needed to stick our hand in the hot stove one more time. Ah, that hurt me. Like, oh yeah, I told you several times that that was going to hurt you. But I felt, I believed, it was good. Well, I told you. you know. And as we begin to bring every thought back to the obedience of Christ, we begin to recognize if truly the desires of our heart is Jesus, then he gives us the desires of our heart because he already technically gave us himself. So if we truly want more Jesus, we already have what we're searching and striving for. It's tricky that so often the very thing that we want is something we already possess. You know and as we begin to pursue Jesus, he begins to show us that his ways are good, pleasing, and perfect. You know but we have to lay our lives down. You know, and we have to come against the lie that, that trials are bad. You know storms are bad, because I'm pretty sure that Jesus knew everything. And yet, he he got a bunch of people in a boat and said, let's go for um, a little, you know, drive across the lake. And then all of a sudden, this huge storm shows up. And he's in the back of the boat taking a nap. Not even worried about it. And the disciples all freak out. Why are you trying to kill us, Jesus? He's like, where's your faith? Hush, hush. And the wind and the waves was still. You know and so often we go through things and they're not always because we sinned. Sometimes it's to show our faith in Christ. Sometimes it's working on something in our character. Sometimes He's teaching us a deeper truth and the only way for us to get there is to go through something. You know, so not always when bad things are happening it's because we you know, are cursed and because I'm never going to have a good life and you know, God's out to get me. You know, we have to begin to recognize some of these lies too. You know, that, that He takes us through so that we can overcome. You know, and recognizing that if Jesus is in me and He is always with me, that no matter what I go through, He's always right there. And if He is sufficient, if He is enough, if my eyes are on Him, that no matter what's going on around me, you know, that I have Jesus with me. You know, He doesn't leave me. He doesn't forsake me. You know, and we have to begin to grasp some of these truths and hold them real close. You know, for me, you know, there, I have like a, it's just, it's so second nature now, I don't even think about it. It's so second nature, I don't even think about it. That, you know, when things come at me, you know, I hear things, I, I, I feel certain things, all of a sudden the fruits of the Spirit begin to download in my brain. It's this love, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, self control. Are any of the fruits of the Spirit coming alive in this situation? No, then it's not God. If it's not God, I need to bring that thought back to the obedience of Christ. Oh wait, you know I have to resist the enemy and submit to God. Oh, and then the enemy flees from me. You know I am I'm thankful for everything. I don't have to be anxious because He's with me in this. I seek first the kingdom of God and all righteousness. I don't have to worry about tomorrow. I'm just focused on what's right in front of me. It's like so second nature now that I've held all these thoughts and brought them back to the obedience of Christ that it's like this instant warfare that begins to happen and I don't even recognize I'm doing it. So truth is always just taking lies out left and right. And it doesn't mean that I can't be deceived and it doesn't mean that I don't fall for the trick every now and again. But it goes through this gamut of Scripture. You know, Is this feeling, should I listen to this? No, I shouldn't. All right, let go of it. And I can have peace in the midst of storms. I can have peace when people are screaming at me. I can have peace when all things are going on around me. I can have peace when people are blaming me. I can have peace when people are lying to me. Why? Because it's not about me. It's about Jesus. You know, and I'm not perfect in any of this, but that's the goal. The goal is that I'm able to walk through life with this grace that isn't me. That isn't me. This isn't me 10 years ago. This isn't me 15 years ago. This is definitely not me 20 years ago. This is me that Jesus said, come here. And I said, okay. Why did I say okay? Because me doing it my way was bad. I was tired of being in pain. And then, oh wait, I have Jesus now, and I'm still in pain. Why am I in pain? Because I'm still doing it my way. Well, Jesus, no, you're still doing it your way. Well, I want to do it my way. Well, is your way work? No. Well, then stop it. I don't want to. Okay, well, have some more pain. I don't like this. Well, stop it. No! And around and around I went. Until I got to the place where it said, maybe I should stop that. I don't like the way that's turning out every time I do that. I don't like the way I feel. I don't like being angry all the time. I don't like the way people look at me. I don't like this. I don't like that. Oh, I can change that. How can I change it? Oh, hey, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Hi, Jesus. But I'm a Christian. Where'd Jesus go? I don't know. I sung a song about Him last Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> and we learn to have this relationship with Him and begin to let Him order our steps. Well, I don't want to do that. Well, it doesn't matter what you want. And we have to come to the conclusion that we have to lower ourselves below Jesus because He is Lord, He is exalted, He is lifted high, His way not mine, Thy will be done oh, wait, My will be I mean thy will I mean my will I mean which is it? You know, I can't be in control and Him in control at the same time because somebody's running the show. And most likely if He's doing it things are getting better even though I don't agree with it. And if I'm doing it, things are getting worse, and I do agree with it. Figure that out. You know, we have to begin to recognize some of these lies in our lives because we keep allowing this lie to dictate our steps. You know, and there's a lot of lies that are deep, deep, deep rooted into our childhood. Well, let the past be the past. It's not the past, you're still in it. You're still feeling it. You're still living that way right now. It's not in the past. It's still present. Well, why dig up dry bones? It's something that somebody used to say. Because the dry bone is still dead and rotten, and you can smell it from here. You know, and we have to learn that there's things in our past that are really d- decaying. There's emotional decay, there's spiritual decay hooked to things that we have yet to address. But I have Jesus. I'm a new creation in Christ. Why? why is that a lie because the only thing that that means is that now i'm convicted of the sin but where five seconds ago before i had jesus i was thinning okay and didn't feel conviction now i have jesus damn it i can't do this anymore he's ruined my life i have a regenerated heart i am new in christ so now i'm convicted of sin it doesn't mean i'm walking from glory to glory you know, and we have all these Christian statements that really don't mean what they, we think they mean. You know, and we're learning to walk with Christ through the valley as well as the blessing and the, and the, the mountaintop experiences. You know, <clears throat> and something that, you know, God has, has shown me that I can't be transparent the way he's called me to transparent if i am still got a bunch of secrets that it's making me sick. You know, and we know that saying we're only as sick as our secrets, but I have a bunch of them that nobody knows about, so therefore it's not really a secret because nobody knows but me. but Jeremiah 6:14 says "You can't heal a wound that you say isn't there. Oh wait, crap, but I'm supposed to be delivered in Christ. Well, yeah, we are, but yet he wants us to bring those things to us. Why? Because there's a testimony hook to that, and there's some person that you're going to run into someday that needs to hear how you walked out of that thing. And you know what? You can't meet that person. Well, I don't know God's will for our life. Well, God's will is deal with this stuff. Well, how do you know? Because He did that to me. You know, how can I walk who who Christ set free is free indeed, but I got all this junk that I'm still bound to. You know, and it's it's learning that, yeah, I have freedom in Christ. Today I can deal with it. I have a savior, I have a best friend that's willing to walk into these dark places because He's the light of the world. I can illuminate every dark corner and pull down strongholds where before, without Jesus, I had no ability to deal with any of that stuff because it would have destroyed me as I've been running from it my whole life. So I have to go against the lie that says I can just escape all that stuff. I have to begin to address it. Well, I can't do it. You're right, you can't. But in Christ, you can. You know... And to me, that, the old cartoon, you know, pops up. And it's a Time Warner, you know, you know, Bugs Bunny one. And I think it's the two dogs. And the one dog's picking a fight with the other dog and he's standing behind the big dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, he's, you know, picking a fight with, you know, and he's like constantly standing behind the bigger dog and the the little one's yapping. We're, we're the little dog and Jesus is the big dog. And we can go to our past and say, yeah, you know what? You don't own me anymore. I belong to Jesus. And the lie that we continue to believe is that our past has any power over us. It only has power if I don't give it to Jesus. You know, and I have to come and address, you know, the areas of my past that are still plaguing me, that are still holding me down, that still have these emotional ties. You know, well I prayed about it. Well that's great. But you thought about it ten thousand times and you said one prayer. Most likely the scale's still leaning towards You're still thinking about it even though you prayed about it. Well, I prayed about it twice. Well, great. Keep praying about it. Thought for thought, thought for thought, thought for thought. Hold every thought back to the obedience of Christ. But I should be free of this by now. Well, you're not. So keep walking. I don't know what to tell you. Sometimes there's suddenlies and sometimes there's discipline. You know, it's his will, not mine. You know, how do you figure it out? I don't feel free. Well, keep on walking forward. Don't go back. Well, I went back, and it feels like I have to start all over again. Well, you technically do, but you don't, because you still have Jesus, and there's grace and mercy. So keep on trucking, little soldier. You know. And we have to recognize that there's work in our Christianity. And see, what AA taught me is action, action, action. That I had this idea that I need to apply this book to my life. But my sense of God was messed up. So when I got to Jesus, that he fit the equation of the God that the big book talks about. And then the idea of action, 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 apply the book to my life. So I began to apply the Bible to my life, and all of a sudden things began to change. Who knew? That when you focus on Jesus and apply the Bible to your life, things begin to change. It's a mystery. I don't know how it happens. Oh wait, it's the truth. And the truth sets us free. How does it set us free? Because we obey his teachings, and then he knows that we're his disciples, and that truth sets us free. So if I continue to let the lies and the emotions begin to dictate my step, I'm not obeying Jesus, and I'm wondering why I'm not free. You know, we have to come out of deception and think that that we can still not obey Jesus and still have freedom in truth. You know, and it's a process. And everybody in this room, including myself, has an area of deception in their life because that's the greatest thing the enemy does. Just because we have Jesus doesn't mean the enemy stops working on us. You know, but the more truth that we apply, we begin to recognize how the enemy's working, and we're like, Ooh, sword of the Spirit, Word of God, comes against any lie, plot, plan, scheme of the enemy. Swing, cuts through the bone and the marrow. I have the sword of the Lord. I have a Bible. I actually read it. It's amazing. I don't just own a hundred of them. You know, and we begin to wield our sword. We know the word. We have a mind renewed by faith of the word of God. You know, we begin to apply these things in our life, and all of a sudden, one day we look back and we're like, "Ah, oh, stuff's getting better. Who knew? This Jesus stuff actually works." Oh wait, He's actually real. Oh wait, He's hanging out with me. Oh wait, He's talking to me. Oh wait, I feel, I feel Him come down. I feel the peace come down. I feel the little hairs on my hand, my arms start to raise up. What is going on right now? Jesus is saying hi. And he likes you a lot. You know, and the lie is that we can keep running away and expecting that things are going to get better. Wherever I take myself, or wherever I go, I take myself with me. You know, and I have to begin to say, enough's enough, and I'm going to stick this out. I'm not going to run away anymore. You know, and... You can't, if you don't quit, you can't lose. You know, and we have to begin to say, you know what, enough's enough. I got to figure out this Jesus stuff. Because if not, I'm going to go crazy. And I'm tired of living crazy. I want to have peace in this mind. I want to have joy in my life. I want to have love. I want to feel love. I don't even feel love. Jesus says he loves me. That doesn't mean I feel it. Why? Because I'm still believing lies over truth. You know, and we all have our moments. You know, you know, if some of the stuff is really kinda like feels like I'm talking directly to you, it, it, it's everybody in the room's thinking I'm talking to you. Guess what? I'm talking to myself. That's the funny thing that the Holy Spirit always does. It's like here, preach a sermon. Oh, you're talking to yourself, Tom. You know, he does it to me all the time. He throws me under the bus all the time. You know, here's a you know, here's a sermon. Preach this. This is what I need to hear. Oh, well, yeah, that's great. I guess you're an audience of one. You know, like we all have to focus on Jesus and, and work on the lies. That none of us in here have it all figured out. You know, one of the things that I've learned is that if you if you run into somebody that's got this Jesus stuff figured out, run. Because you're about to join a cult. <laughs> you know that we're all. You know, it's something that Jesus taught me is that we're all starting over. You know, His mercy's new every morning. So every day is a new. You know, a new. You know. A new trial, a new day. Some days I I succeed and some days I fail miserably. And you know what? I wake up tomorrow just as saved as I was the day before. It's a miracle. Why? I'm saved by grace, not by my works. I can't boast that way. It's all about Jesus. You know, and around and around we go, trying to focus on Jesus more tomorrow as we did today. And you know what? As I get this progression in my life, you know, before I know it, Things begin to shift. Things begin to change. I begin to heal. Jesus becomes more real. The Word begins to set me free. The lies begin to be exposed. The enemy doesn't have a grip over me. And around and around I go towards Jesus. And that's the goal, right? To become more like Him. So, you know, we all have work to do. So I just really encourage you to, to begin to ask Jesus to show you what the truth is if you're not quite sure. Spend time in your Word because that is the truth and begin to apply it to your life. You know, it says do this, then do that. It says don't do that, then don't do that. You know, it, it really becomes that simple, especially at first. You don't have to think out the greater things. What's he saying between the lines? What's the spiritual meaning of this? Stop it. Just focus on Jesus. Just focus on Jesus. You don't have to figure out the whole thing. Just focus on Jesus. So I just really encourage you to keep focusing on Jesus. Would you bow your heads to me? Lord, I thank You so much. I thank You for all that You're doing. Lord, I pray that you would reveal the the lies, the plots, the plans, the schemes, and the ending in our lives. Lord, help us to recognize them more clearly as we focus on you and focus on your truth. Lord, I break off deception right now in the name of Jesus, Lord. And I pray that your truth would take root of our hearts and take root of our minds, Lord, and that you would become our focus and that we would follow you, Lord, that the early believers were known as followers of the way, not just Christians. So, Lord, help us to follow you. Deny ourselves and follow You. Help us to resist the enemy, resist our flesh, die to ourselves, Lord, and, and say, I want You, Jesus. I want to learn about You. I want to know You. I want to have a relationship with You. I want to have intimacy with You because I'm tired of feeling the way I'm feeling. I'm tired of going through what I've been going through. I'm tired of doing it my way, Jesus. Help me to grow, Jesus. Help me to heal. Help me to feel Your love, Lord. Lord, I ask that You'd come right now and set us free. I break off depression right now in the name of Jesus. I break off anxiety right now in the name of Jesus. I break off addictions right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I ask that You would come and heal our minds and heal our hearts and even heal our bodies. Lord, I pray for any ailment to be healed in Jesus' mighty name. Holy Spirit, I ask that You would come and comfort us, that You would come alongside us, that You would begin to guide us, that we could begin to, to build an intimate relationship. That our lives would begin to change because we'd focus solely on you, In Jesus name ever. Amen, amen,